Welcome to Niners Talk with John, Tim, and Brian. Let's talk Niners. How can six of you miss a play like that, huh? Hello. Welcome to Niners Talk. I'm John. As always, I'm joined by my brother from another mother, Brian. My actual brother, Tim. Has Nick, has Nick Bosa signed? No. Okay, how about now? No. <laughs> Should I'm I can, for, ask that, can I ask that for the, for the remainder of the podcast? <laughs> sure. I'm waiting for dun 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 and it'll be like way too early mock draft 2024. Well, like you, John, every time my phone vibrates, buzzes, beeps, could be in the middle of the night, could be in the middle of the day, is did Nick Bosa sign? And then it's usually like you have an Amazon package on the way. <laughs> yeah, exciting times. But we'll get to what we bought on Amazon later in the show. So... For those of you who are listening, we would ask you if you could leave a review, share the podcast, and subscribe. But just in general, how are you guys feeling? Is it a cut down day? How are you feeling? You know, we're almost a week away from the season. Brian? Well, I think the big news was like right before the game started was the whole Trey Lance thing. So, I don't know. That kind of put a, a damper on the game for me because I was one who wanted to see kind of Trey Lance make it. Obviously, we're mm-hmm. going to break that down a little bit later, obviously, in this episode. So, and then leading into the game, it looked like they played pretty good the first round. I mean, the first series, and it didn't look much better. I don't know. They, I just feel like they were a little bit flat on some ends, some sides, things. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about that. But overall, doing good. Good. Tim, well, how are you feeling? Well, I mean, like Brian, I think the enormous news was that. Trey Lance had been uh, dealt to the Cowboys uh, for a fourth round pick, and that was before the game. As for the game itself, I I think I viewed it in two ways. Uh, number one was okay, let's see how Purdy is going to look, and he did lead. He should have had two touchdown drives. We had a fumble on the first one, but uh, did leave a touchdown drive on his second possession. And then it was okay, who wants to make the roster? Who's trying to make a name for themselves? And then I thought the second half was pretty much let's just get out of here with no injuries and mm. go on to a regular season. But but we were at um, today is Tuesday, uh, August 29th, and we did get the final. 53-man roster out today from the 49ers, and I don't think there were any real surprises. I think the only surprise I had was on the defensive line with Hyder being waived. There's an expectation that he's going to re-sign with the 49ers, um, but other than that, uh, no no real surprises. So now we're just going to see who um, who makes up the practice squad. Yeah, I think Kerry Hyder was a bit of a surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Guys who stood out who did make the team, D winners, Ronnie Bell. I was hoping a little bit for Deshaun Jameson, but I thought that the Niners were going to let him go and then sign him to a practice squad simply because of his punt return abilities. He looked pretty decent with uh, some of his coverage. But anyway, let's get to really what the big news was on Friday, which is the Trey Lance trade. Now, there are two schools of thought on this. Was it the worst trade ever that the Niners made? And was it the worst trade ever that Dallas has made? (laughs) Tim, thoughts? Was it the worst trade in 49ers history? I can't say say it was the worst trade. 
ever. I think that one belongs to uh, Joe Thomas in 1978, who traded a slew of draft picks for a washed-up uh, O.J. Simpson. Uh, and this was a team in 1978 that was just really than I think a semi-pro team in terms of talent. The, the 49ers uh, are light years removed from that kind of team. I think everybody expects that this team's going to compete for a deep playoff run. But it did occur to me that um, with the trade to the Cowboys, it did bring up another trade that happened in 1992, and that was when the 49ers sent Charles Haley to the Cowboys. And that really shifted the balance of power in the NFC because Haley became a thorn in the 49ers' side for several games after that. I mean, they obviously they went uh, they competed in three straight NFC Championship games and I think two, maybe three regular season games. So that was the, that was the one that kind of jumped out at me. It's like, is this going to be like a Charles Haley? And only time will tell. I would say probably I, I have a tough time seeing it, but stranger things have happened. But that's my two cents. Ryan, what do you think? I know you're a Trey Lance fan. Yeah, I was I was a Trey Lance fan. I think to me it does feel like it's probably the worst trade in recent history, in my opinion, only because I felt like we gave up so much for him. So if you're giving up, what, a th- three first-rounders, and I can't remember what the other one was, like a third or fourth rounder, and then you're basically getting back a fourth-round pick for him. So you basically lost three first-rounds. Three first-rounders. I think, to me, that sounds pretty... I guess in recent history, it's probably going to make up as being, you know, a really bad trade at the moment when everyone kind of lives in the moment. But I, I don't know. I feel like it was like a gut punch because, you know, maybe he could have performed better or maybe he was... He just needed more time to practice. And I was kind of one of those who felt like he just needed the reps. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's unfortunate it wasn't on the Niners because he wasn't going to supplant Brock Purdy. But mm-hmm. I always had faith in that guy. And he looked like he could run, he could throw, he could. He was just big. He was like a Patrick Mahomes. He was bigger than Patrick Mahomes. And he was everyone. He was everything that that Niner fans wanted. He looked like the part that he was going to be, you know, like the next Patrick Mahomes to us. You know, mm-hmm. or what Jalen Hurts is, is turning out to be. So, yeah, a little bit of a gut punch. But I think in the end of the day, what the, you know, the Niners and, and John... John Lynch and, and Kyle, they're just looking to put the best team on the field. And, you know, it's unfortunate Sam Darnold passed him, but, you know, that's that's what it is. So, yes, it is a business, and you have to kind of move on with these types of things. But I just felt like they kind of gave up a lot to get him, and they didn't get that much in return. And that was just kind mm-hmm. of my thoughts on that. Yeah. I would actually consider it the fifth worst trade in 49ers history. I think the fourth worst trade in 49ers history was anything that Trent Baalke did. The third worst trade in 49ers history was when we let Montana go because it was Joe Montana. Second would be Charles Haley and first is OJ Simpson. So I rank it the fifth worst trade. I felt for, for Trey and now he's all over the drama that is Dallas because if you listen to Get Up or the National Shows... They're like, what are you doing? Oh, my God. Now there's Ray Lance is in the building and Dak Prescott. So now he's got, got that drama. I just I wish the kid well, and I hope uh, I hope he has success except yeah. uh, when he plays against the 49ers. So 
the other big news, obviously with cut down day, is Nick Bosa still hasn't signed. TikTok, TikTok. We are now well, what twelve days away from opening day. Brian, they're gonna get this done. I have no idea. I thought it had been done weeks ago. So, um, I mean, he's contracted to play this season, right? So mm-hmm. um, he's going to show up. Um, and the fact is, the Niners aren't finding him, right? They're acting like in good faith, and they want to make it this like a. They want to be good partners about this. I don't know when they're going to sign him, but hopefully, it'll be before. You know, they give him some time to get acclimated with the team. I've heard that. He's probably that type of person who's going to be practicing by himself, and he's working mm-hmm. hard. So, yeah, I'm just going to stay optimistic on this and hope he gets signed within the next few days. So. And from one in ten, what would you say your panic meter is? <laughs> Oof. I think every week it started off at like zero, and then now you know each week turns to be a one. So what are we now at? Uh, well, it's probably now an eight. Because oh, so the you the, the icebergs right ahead. <laughs> it's getting close. Tim, how are you feeling about? It? You think Nick Bosa is going to be signed this week? I think my panic meter is probably at around a four out of ten right now. Mm-hmm. I still think a deal is going to get done, but I am surprised that it's taken this long. When Trey Lance was was traded. I thought, okay, maybe that'll open up a little bit of room. And now that we're past the 53-man roster announcement, maybe it happens sooner rather than later. Neither side has commented, but it seems that we're at least at some sort of an impasse. And the impasse is obviously money. And I think uh, from uh, the Niners' standpoint, they're very concerned about their 2024 salary cap situation. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that Bosa is going to want a incentive-laden incentive-laden contract that is running into a wall with the 49ers. But they're also not, we're not seeing anything on social media. We're not seeing Nick Bosa scrubbing his Instagram or anything like that, or or John Lynch making some sort of a cryptic remarks. I think a deal does get done, but obviously the Niners want him in uh, camp as soon as possible because they got Pittsburgh coming up in a couple of weeks. And what they don't want is to have Nick Bosa come in not having a training camp. Um, obviously, the guy will be in shape, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if if this gets closer to Pittsburgh. That he's on a pitch count. You know, I know he's the defensive player of the year, but um, I don't think they want to just throw him right into the mix because it is a new defensive coordinator, and he's going to have to get used to a, a, a little bit of a new system there. I have a couple of thoughts. One is I think my panic meter is at a three. Like I don't. I think it's going to get done. I actually think it'll probably get done by tomorrow or Thursday, after the Niners, you know, get their ducks in a row with their 53-man roster and waiver wire, etc. And then they can move somebody down the practice squad and you know put Nick Bosa into place. If I were to just make a hypothetical, my guess on the holdup probably isn't money, but number of years. I would be willing to bet that Nick Bosa's agent is probably having something like, hey, you know, it's four years, not five, because they want to have him do another contract in four years before he gets another ginormous deal. Uh, But that's, I mean, that's just my my thoughts. Um, However, I, I would say in terms of readiness, I remember Fred Dean joined the Niners once midweek against the Dallas Cowboys. And as Randy Cross said, well, he's going to have to know our game plan. 
Fred, go get that guy. <laughs> and I imagine it'll be a little bit like Nick. Um, you see Kenny Pickett? Go get that guy. <laughs> I would say if if you ever get a chance to go on YouTube and you, I think, just put in Fred Dean Cowboys, there's one series where he literally blows up the entire Cowboy offensive line. At one point, you see uh, Pat Donovan, who is the Cowboys' left tackle. He's literally just, he comes right out of the right side of your screen. He's just being thrown back, and Danny White is probably screaming, blow the whistle, blow the whistle. <laughs> so he was, he, was, he was a phenom, uh, but... Um, yeah, I, I, it's, it's, it's been surprising. It, it would have taken this long. Yeah, I just hope that it'll be no drama and it'll be done in the next couple of days. Well, we've been saying that since we actually started this podcast. So, moving on, uh, quarterback situation. We now know it's Purdy, Darnold, and the other guy, Alan. Brooke, Brooke Allen, <laughs> Brandon, uh, the other guy, Brandon the other guy. My initial impressions of Brock Purdy so far when I've seen him against the Broncos and the Chargers were really pretty good. He looked very much in control. He was moving the ball around. He still didn't have McCaffrey. He only had Kittle for like one series. Trent Williams still isn't there. But I thought he looked I thought he looked great. So I'm actually oh, yeah. feeling pretty decent about Brock, you know, not being that one flash in the pan. Uh, Sam Darnold, I just feel that he has we can if Brock somehow gets hurt, you know, knock on wood, that he can step in and deliver. Yeah. I just never got the feeling that he's as crisp as Brock Purdy in the offense yet, but I did feel like he had a pretty good control of it. Uh, so we will we will see. I, I certainly felt better about it than when like Nick Mullins was the quarterback or CJ or or anything. I think we have a pretty solid backup. Brian, thoughts on the yeah. quarterback situation? I think with with well to go with Purdy first, he, he looked pretty sharp to me. His end arounds and his throws, they all look to be good. I think there was one play that stands out. He did some like he was coming close to the to the goal line and he had to do mm-hmm. a, he had to pick up some yards to run. And he just made some pretty good cuts, and I think he got stopped around the two or the three. So, um, yeah, I think he looks good. He he's looking sharp. I have no doubt he'll um, he'll do really well this season. Sam Darnold, you know, he actually did impress me too. I you know I was watching the games, and I didn't want to I didn't want to be like uh, a Sam Darnold fan, but he ended up being okay. You know, obviously he played a little bit better than Trey Lance. So that's why Trey Lance isn't here. But, um, you know, he actually did some pretty good throws. No, I was impressed by him and kind of the way he did things. So I think in the end, the roster kind of shaped itself. Yeah, I think the, I think they look good so far in what they've been. Tim? Yeah, I think, you know, with Darnold, we saw a quarterback that was just a lot more, looked a lot more comfortable in the pocket than uh, than Trey Lance. And, and I think that yeah. just goes back to is what, what Brian was saying earlier was reps. And Lance just unfortunately due to the injury, he never got him. You go back to the Raiders game, and we saw Darnold come in, and we saw a beautiful throw to Bell. I think in the third quarter, is down the right sideline, um, you know. And again, we saw you know him take command of the offense uh, after Purdy in the in the um, uh, first half against the uh, the Broncos. He stayed out there for most of the third quarter as well. But yeah, like you, John. I mean, Purdy came in against the Broncos. You know, first drive, boom, they go down, they get a field goal. 
Uh, two drives, as I mentioned earlier, against the Chargers. You know, one that should have been a touchdown when Mason fumbled, but then he runs in for a touchdown in the second. So there are no red flags right now with, with Brock Purdy, but I think with the, the number two, uh, another um, sports, uh, another journalist made this comment, is that there, there may be a time, and none of us are hoping this, that Purdy, you know, just has to go out for mm-hmm. a series. You know, either he gets dinged and he just has to get taped up, and you want a quarterback that can come in and, you know, be able to handle the offense. And that was always kind of the knock on Trey Lance was that he took a while to warm up in practice and in games. And it wasn't until a couple series in that he got the hang of it. And if you're going to have a backup quarterback that's going to come in and play one, two series, you can't afford to have that kind of warm up. That's mm-hmm. those are two scoring possessions. Um, and we know how precious points and scoring opportunities can be in NFL games. Uh, that's, I think, was one of the key reasons why they went with Donald over over Lance, and what ultimately, um, you know, helped lead to Lance's uh, trade. So, um, but yeah, I think you know the quarterback situation is, is pretty much set. You know, Allen will you know be the third stringer. You know, obviously, I, I hope we don't have to use him like last mm-hmm. year with Josh Johnson. But um, yeah, I, I think um, yeah. right now, no no red flags at least in the you know, starting quarterback position. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I think we've talked a little bit about the Chargers game. Offense and defense both look, you know, first-team units looked really good. Fred had a great sack. Uh, but let, I think we should, you know, we'll talk about who stood out for, for each of us. And, and for me, on the offense, especially in the, the first team, is, is Jordan Mason stood out. Uh, although he fumbled, before that, he looked great. He's catching balls out of the, you know, for the first. I hadn't seen Jordan Mason catch a football which was exciting. It was rumbling pretty good. And then other than that fumble, you know, still looked good in the next series, you know? So Brian, who stood out for you with the Chargers game? Well, I, I definitely would say Jordan Mason. He, he did look sharp. I actually was watching the part where he, I thought he scored the touchdown and I was, I was cooking dinner at the same time. So mm-hmm. I walked away and then I came back like two minutes later. And then I noticed, wait a minute, we didn't score on that. And then so that was a little, a little shocking. And I didn't even I didn't even see the replay that he fumbled it. But um, yeah, Jordan Mason definitely stood out to me. Ronnie Bell, as you kind of put in the notes here, yeah, he definitely stood out. And one thing I will say, trivia wise, Ronnie Bell. Every time I see his name, there is a there's an R and B group that I really love called New Edition. They're from the '80s, and there's two <laughs> people on there. There's Ronnie DeVoe. And Ricky Bell. Mm-hmm. So every time I see Ronnie Bell, I think of New Edition because it's a combination of these two names. So that's a tangent. We'll come back to that. Um, no, no. But, let's uh, keep let's keep on that. I, I want to talk about New Edition. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll put that on the trivia. Question. I, I think we should have a trivia question for our fans on name this name the lineup for New Edition, and we'll send you a JVC uh, tape tape you know blank tape uh, set you know four pack. I told the same thing to my brother and he totally laughed. And then he sent me something on Instagram where somebody else said the same exact thing that I said. So, um, okay. I guess people of a certain age who like a certain music. We, we are, we are that certain age that at least are, are, we are that certain age. I don't know what our listeners are, but hopefully they're around the same age. So they get these references. Otherwise, John, we're gonna have to figure out another marketing routine. Well, other than... we're, we're targeting the 40, 40 plus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Other than new no, new edition names, Tim, who else yes. stood out for you? Uh, Kinlaw, uh, I just like how he yeah. has uh, he's been uh, he had a, he had a couple of great plays where he was really collapsing the pocket. 
he's not the you know the, I, I think the replacement for Buckner that uh, was originally intended. But uh, certainly with Hargrove coming in there, you know, I can imagine I can imagine situations where Hargrove needs a needs a rest and Kinlaw can come in and and make a couple of plays. He doesn't have to be the guy. And given his knee, he could come in fresh and he could make uh, some plays. But I really was impressed a couple of times when he was effective at collapsing the pocket. And that's something that the 49ers didn't have last year. So I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do in the regular season. Yeah, I, I was impressed with Kinlaw as well. I thought he looked great. He had a lot of energy. Um, he's got those no socks kind of thing going on with a shirt tail untucked. Just looked like he was out there just whacking people around. Mm-hmm. Um, and speaking of whacking people around, we finally got to see Drake Jackson. And he looked great. He has some long uh, arms. He has he some did. long arms, and he almost had an amazing interception. Yeah. Obviously, with Drake, it's just I hope he can just, you know, manage the marathon that is the NFL season. But he jumped out a decent amount on tape. Brian, anyone else that stood out to you this week? Uh, let me think. Ty Davis Price. I mean, he got the second. He was a second running back. Mm-hmm. So he looked. He looked fine. Nothing kind of like stood out to me or made it worrisome. Kind of. Uh, kind of about him. He looked fine. Um, you know, always thinking about like, was it Sam Womack and, um, gosh, their other corner from Michigan. Why is his name? Drew Thomas. Sorry. I mean, they look fine to me, so kind of no issues or anything like that. Con, is it Conley? Chris Conley? The, Conway. Chris Conley. Conley. He, uh, he had number 17. Mm-hmm. He got cut, but he was that guy who had that awesome catch from Sam Darnold. So I was going to talk about that, and you put that in the notes, John, but that was something mm-hmm. that was kind of really impressive that he did that diving catch from Sam Darnold on the, on the, uh, the line. So... Yeah, I, just, I think overall they did okay. I was just impressed with um, kind of some of those players over there. All right, Tim, any final good thoughts before we move on to bad thoughts? We didn't have any injuries. Well, I take that back. We had Lat- Cameron Latu is out. He has, I think, a meniscus issue. I don't know if mm-hmm. it's, I don't remember if it's a tear, but. You know, we're not sitting here saying, "Oh, you know, so and so is out." I'm not going to name any names because I'm I'm just that superstitious. But we we got out with no major injuries, so let's let's all be grateful. Well, well let's go to the not so good news. Do we have a kicker? <laughs> Do we Does anybody have know? Uh, apparently not. And and I would ask our listeners. I I don't know of any other situation in the NFL when we've been down to a third string kicker, and I guess that's Mitch Wisnowski. At this point, Wait. I was like, Trey, can you kick? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's cruel. That's cruel. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is a little odd. I mean, I don't know how many memes I saw on Friday about, like, call Robbie Gould. Like, like we fucked up, man. I'm so sorry. Take us back. But, uh, yeah, not good. We do, we do need a t- kicker. Brian... Thoughts on our kicker situation? I think you were looking up some stats. The number one rated kicker by Bleacher Report of the worst kicker of the Niners was your buddy Jose Cortez, Tim. You, uh, you've been calling out. Um, I, I, I don't know what I they're going to do about the kicker. I was I, just um, angry that he would miss kicks at certain points in a game. I didn't hate him personally. I hope he's doing okay. I hope he's living a wonderful life. I just 
want that for the record. <laughs> but he was the worst kicker in our history. Um, <laughs> yes, 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 he was. Although Brian mentioned when we were at a little bit of a break, he mentioned Mike Kofer, and he said 1991. It was at 50%, Brian. Oh, you heard that. Okay. I did hear that, and and I do yeah, so re- I do remember 70. because I had season tickets that game, and it was just like every time Kofer would line up, you're just like here we go again. Mm-hmm. Um, but that that I mean I I think you know that could be another you know we talked about the worst trades in Forty Nine history. I, I guess you know we can also talk about the the worst kickers. So yeah, Kofer Kofer would be up there, but. Um, I guess the, at last uh, point, you know, Moody is uh, is day to day, maybe ready by week one. Gonzalez is on IR, <laughs> and we've got Mitch, and I guess whoever is out <laughs> on the waiver wire right now that could potentially be a backup. So, well, I know there's a couple like the Saints had a couple kickers, both were doing well. The Chargers had a couple kickers, both were doing well. There'll be guys out there. Robbie Gould is still out there. I mean, yeah. you know, like, how, does he have to make a house payment? You know, it's interesting this. Yeah. You know, Robbie, what are you doing this weekend? It's interesting this little strategy. You were saying, Brian? It's interesting, John and Tim, this little strategy the Niners were trying to do of keeping two kickers on the roster. Um, you know, keeping, uh, is it Zane and both Moody and then trying to trade, trying to trade Zane and now they both went out. So that's kind of fitting that that, that kind of happened. So I'm still amazed at the at the 49ers trend of having injured kickers because Robbie was out, you know, in 2019. I remember he, we brought in. I remember his name. He played. He, there was that epic matchup with the Seahawks that went into Chase overtime. At least Chase. Yes. Chase came Chase. in. I, I made the remark, like, why do 49ers kickers have such unique names? We had Chase and and I we actually we brought in someone, I think, again, last year because because um, Robbie got hurt. Uh, and I don't remember the uh, apologies. I don't remember the name. But anytime Robbie would kick off, I'm like, Robbie, just run to the sidelines. Just run to the side. Don't even yeah. like try to tackle him. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, yeah, not worth it. Not worth it. But um, yeah, we we have not. I, I'll bring up another area. I don't think Mitch Wisnowski looked very good in, in preseason. He was shaking a couple of his punts. Even against the charges, he looked a little bit better. But I was mm-hmm. hoping to see some kicks go inside the ten, and, and he has not looked right. So I think the Niners got some issues on special teams. I would say special teams against the Chargers was better, especially with they didn't <laughs> allow really any any kind of returns where Raiders and Broncos, there were some big ones. But not having kickers or a real punter presents some problems. Yeah. <laughs> Feels like only one on each team. So Jake, man... Stop being so moody with your leg and <laughs> figure it out. Put some Ben Gay on that bad boy. Let's go. <laughs> now, is it his left leg or his right leg? And physical therapy by John. <laughs> oh, well. Ben Gay, walk it off. Throw up some dirt on it. You'll be yeah, fine. Exactly. But do we know, is it his left leg or his right leg? I, have I, I, I don't know. Is it his know. leg or his kicking leg? It's one of them. <laughs> oh, take, a, take, take a guess. You, 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 you've got a 50% chance. I think it's his left leg. Anyway, maybe it's hopefully it's not his third leg. Um, Awful. So, any other stuff besides Jake Jake Moody's legs that you weren't so happy with during the Chargers game or in preseason in general? Yeah. No, I think we. I, no, I think we covered it. I mean, special teams was the issue. We all knew about Trey Lance. Um, 
you know, obviously I wanted to see what Danny Gray could do, but you know, but that's really about it. If you can get out of the preseason uh, with these kinds of problems, I think you know, eventually, you know, Moody will be back. You know, it's nothing serious, but we we're gonna have to play that game uh, until we see what happens uh, in week one. But you know, overall, we can't say that the preseason was dull. We cannot say training camp was dull. Brian, what about you? Any other stuff that causes uh, you concern? Just, uh, I, you also put in the notes here. I noticed that guy was at Nick Zleko, who, who definitely had, uh, oh yeah, you, you, you nailed that one, right, John? He, he definitely, I, you know, I was coming back and forth from the kitchen and every time I came back, I always seemed to see like he was, there was another hole <laughs> coming his way. So yeah, yeah. I, I don't, I actually have to check. Was he cut? Was he cut or is he still yeah. on the, on yeah, the he was cut. That guy had more holes than a grandmother at a funeral. I don't get it. (laughs) (laughs) My only other concern, and hopefully it does not translate in the regular season because it it can sink football games even when you're outperforming, is turnovers. Too many turnovers and too many rando off the hands popped up in the air, intercepted turnovers. And that stuff's got to stop, Kyle. We don't want that kind of stuff. Well, I think let's let's also remember now. Jordan Mason had a fumble, but when did the other turnovers take place, and who was making them? So if it was CMC or Debo, I think we'd we'd have some 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 concern there. But uh, I, I'm going to put less of an emphasis on it than, than you are. So you don't see the iceberg. No, I'm not seeing the iceberg. Uh, if we're in a ship, I think we've, we, we have conducted our sea trials and we're about to take her out into the big wide ocean. Sweet. And that, of Brandon course, Allen three... did throw a pick. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Bra- Brandon Allen will be a third string, string quarterback. And, and just, just for question, why did the Titanic references keep coming out? I mean, the movie came out in what, 98, 99? Because everybody knows Titanic. <laughs> Given our 40-year-old audience. I just... <laughs> could we have a better analogy than the than the Titanic? Uh, How about... One. I don't know. We Could we Airport do something 77? like... You know, Airport 77? Airport <laughs> 77. I was thinking more like 2019 was a new hope and 2020... Maybe 2021, 2022 is the Empire Strikes Back and then this could be Return of the Jedi where the good guys finally defeat whoever's been bothering us the most the seahawks the eagles the chiefs somebody i'll go or all three or all three yeah Yeah. (laughs) patrick mahomes does look like one of those red guys with the staff of raw you know (laughs) i don't know what andy Reid would be i could make a guess but that would be mean jabba um there you go thank you for guessing (laughs) and on that note we need um, to get off this subject (laughs) let's go to brian on niners trivia with his right. weekly trivia questions, which we will answer first, yep. and then talk about some other stuff, and then Brian will tell us if we're right or wrong. And I think okay. so far in Diner Trivia, we've missed two questions. I've been throwing some softballs at you guys, but maybe I'll make. Oh it yeah, right. But yeah. Now, now the gloves, <laughs> now the gloves have come off. <laughs> I actually did not think you would get the one about... If you say how to spell Nick Zakel, you're definitely going to win that one. (laughs) Wait, but what what was it you didn't think we were going to get? All the Hall of Famers. 
Well, what can I, we didn't get Bobby Beathard, so. No, we didn't get Bobby Beathard, but we got the we got the Niners. Although the one thing I will just point out, because of those of us who listened to the last show, Richard Dent was the one on the defensive end. He did not play in that Super Bowl. He had an ACL tear. Ooh, there you go. Did not know that. Yeah. Well, so a little asterisk on that one. I'm sorry. Please continue, Brian. Okay. One of the other most lopsided trades in NFL history that wasn't mentioned by John, our fabulous host, was 49ers actually winning a trade for Steve Young, my favorite quarterback. Probably, I'm going to guess, John and Tim's second favorite quarterback. I, we all know what team he was traded from. But what was the name of the starting quarterback that took his job from his former team? And what college did he go to? I'm going to go with Steve DeBerg because he just seems to be everywhere. <laughs> but Tim knows the answer, so. Vinny Testaverde and Testaverde went to the University of Miami. Did he? Okay. Final, final answer, Tim? That's my final answer. All right. Next one, number two. Speaking of Steve Young, my favorite quarterback, he was drafted by Tampa Bay and also the LA Express of the USFL. Who won the three USF, USFL championships in 83, 84, and 85? <laughs> I thought we were doing <laughs> NFL trivia. <laughs> yeah. I, just, I just thought it was funny. I, just, I, will, I have to say before I answer, Brian is reaching deep. Yeah. He is reaching deep. All right. Uh, so I'm eight. gonna go. With, I'll go. Yeah, you with know what? Name, go ahead. Name no. just one. Name just one. I'll go. No, I, I want to do three. Go. Go yeah, for I'm it. I'm gonna John. go with okay. three randoms. <laughs> I don't know if it's in order. I'm just go with three randoms. I'm gonna go with the Philadelphia Stars, the Birmingham Stallions, and the Tampa Bay. Whatever that team was named. <laughs> <laughs> that that's an intimidating mascot. Whatever they were named, like the Washington yes. football team. Well, <laughs> it were the, they were the bandits. There you go, the Tampa Bay okay. Bandits. Why do I know these things? I because I yeah, like I said, I, if I, you can look over at my bookcase and there's a whole bunch of NFL encyclopedias and I used to read them a lot over and over again. So, um, but anyway, that that's um, I digress. So the three NFL USFL champions in '83, '84, '85. I'm going to go with, I think it was the Michigan Panthers, the Philadelphia Stars, and the Baltimore Stars who beat the Oakland Invaders. There was two stars? They Because they had this problem with paying rent at stadiums, like if you don't pay, you can't <laughs> play there. They had to move to Baltimore, and I think they played it. And actually, they didn't even play in Baltimore. They had to play at the University of Maryland, which is just outside of Washington, D.C., so not exactly close to Baltimore. But there are some great USFL stories. There's a great 30 for 30 on USFL, uh, if you ever get a chance to watch that one on YouTube or ESPN. Any more, Brian? Man, you you uh, seem to know something in your mind. All right, number three. Who are the three, the three overall quarterback number one picks to not win a Super Bowl? For the, the Niners three or... Overall? Overall, just overall in history of the NFL. And I'll give you a hint. One of them is a Niner. Yeah, well, one is Alex Smith. Right. Mm-hmm. Second would be Baker Mayfield. Was he a number one pick, though? Mm-hmm. 
He was the first pick in the draft. Yeah. Okay. Um, wow. And I'm going to disagree a random one. Tim, to yeah. my view, correct me. It's Steve Spurrier. I'm gonna yeah I'm gonna go with Spurrier, Alex Smith, and I'll say Vinny Testaverde. Vinny. All right, moving on. Who is the only undrafted quarterback to win a Super Bowl? Hmm. I'm gonna go with Kurt Warner. Ah, I will agree with John. Brian's like, damn right. these two. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Okay. Hand it back to you, John. By the way, I have to put a reminder on my phone for my wife's birthday and my anniversary, but yeah. Happy well, anniversary. It's a ways off. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, that kind of gets, I mean, we're at the end of the preseason. Do you think the Niners accomplished their goals? Obviously, staying healthy. But, Tim, do you think the Niners are ready for week one? Yeah, absolutely. We still have to get Bosa into camp. They still have to figure out the kicker situation. But they're going, if you look at this um, roster from top to bottom, it's a loaded roster. Um, and, you know, one guy we have not mentioned the entire preseason, and for good reason, because why, why play him, was CMC. Mm -hmm. uh, and what a difference maker he was last year. So I'm excited to get him back in the lineup. Debo, IU, Kittle, Purdy. Given enough time, I mean, left, left, uh, excuse me, um, right tackle is going to be, you know, a question mark. Bosa getting in, you know, we'll see what, what he does. But this roster looks good. And I'm, you know, I, I think the Niners, if they stay healthy, they really have the potential to go for a run this year. Brian? Yeah, I think, you know, other than the injuries to the kicker and figure out the whole Trey Lance situation, I think, you know, overall, they came out of camp just exactly where they needed to be. They had some stars show up on some people who stood out, I guess, some of their draft picks stood out. Um, you know, they got some good playing time for like some of their older, their second year, third year players. Um, yeah, but overall, I think they're getting ready for the season. And uh, yeah, as Tim said, uh, the roster looks good. The roster looks pretty deep. And uh, yeah, we'll see what happens this, this year. Yeah, I'm excited. I think it, like, again, the roster is pretty well loaded. This offense could really be something special. I'm looking forward to see how they the D works under Wilkes with more blitzing. I'm a little nervous about playing Pittsburgh week one. Pittsburgh has looked pretty good in the preseason. They're going to be a hungry young team, and you never know what's going to happen in week one. But if things go sideways in week one and we have a situation where we lose to, like, we lost to the Bears last year, well... Season's not over yet because we've got lots of football to go. Yeah. So I'm I'm excited. It's we're almost there. You know, this time next week we're gonna be talking Steelers preview and hopefully I will have a ticket to the game. So, Brian, tell us if we were right or wrong in our trivia and useless knowledge of <laughs> Pro Football. All right, number one, uh, one of the most lopsided trades in NFL history, 49ers trading for Steve Young. Yes, Tim, you're right. It was uh, Vinny Testaverde. Uh, went to the University of Miami, and he became the starter because he was drafted in 87 for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So 
Tim, let's see if you know this one. Who did the what did the Niners trade for Steve Young in that one? Oh, great question. I I know they not only not only did they trade, I want to say maybe a draft pick, but they also sent Hugh Culverhouse, the owner of the Buccaneers, I want to say like a million dollars in cash. Uh, so I don't remember the exact uh, terms of the deal, but I do remember being interesting because of the amount of money that Eddie D was willing to part with to get Steve Young. So Am they I traded close? a second and a fourth, a second and a fourth mm. uh, in mm-hmm. '87, and none of those picks would kind of went anywhere for for Tampa Bay. But uh, I didn't mm. realize there was a cash element to that one too. So, okay, number two. Speaking of Steve Young, drafted by the LA Express, who won the first three championships. Tim, I don't know how you friggin' know this, but yes, it was the Michigan <laughs> Michigan Panthers in '83, the Philadelphia Stars in '84, and the Baltimore slash Philadelphia Stars in '85. So, <laughs> oh my God! Uh, now, if you can name a player off of that team, then it's like. <laughs> Do you know who coached the the the, the Stars? It was Jim Mora, who be, who later became head coach of the New Orleans Saints. Yeah, there you go. Playoffs. Uh, Playoffs. <laughs> no, he he was a winner in the USFL. I don't know where the I don't know where the trophy is. Maybe it's at his house in the basement somewhere. But <laughs> oh, well, I was reading that they had they had like a trophy, like it was passed down from champion to champion every year, and then yeah. finally, whoever won it last from the Baltimore Stars, a Stars donated to the NFL, like the Hall of Fame or something like that. But, <laughs> Just like NFL is to say, you didn't make it. <laughs> so that's like. <laughs> the uh, interestingly enough, you talked about Tim like like five minutes ago that the Philadelphia and Baltimore Stars merged. The Michigan Panthers, after two years, they did merge with the Oakland Invaders, so they mm. kind of merged together last year. Um, number three, I think I had a bad source on it, but I noticed there's a whole bunch of number one overall picks who have not won a Super Bowl. So yes, to name a few, um, Cam Noonan was one, but I don't think mm. you guys said that. Uh, Michael Vick was another one. Alex Smith, Baker Mayfield, mm. Kyler Murray, Joe mm. Burrow, but in ter- Jared Goff, right. mm-hmm. uh, some like some other names like in the yeah. recent 2010s, like Andrew Luck, mm-hmm. uh, Jimmy Winston, Sam Bradford. So the list kind of goes on, but the Raiders yeah. had Jamarcus Russell, who was another another famous one. So yeah, let's see. Only undrafted player to win a Super Bowl. Yes, you guys are both right. Kurt Warner. Thanks, John, on that one. So you got that one right in the nose. Sweet. Good. Hey, so, make some harder questions next time. <laughs> <laughs> I, John, Brian, I do admire you because you're asking questions that I don't anticipate, but it's it's it, it, it is gets a stack deck. Yeah. <laughs> Um, if if only I could take this now to a place like Las Vegas and maybe make a few dollars, but we're anyway. On I'm glad you appreciate. I'm glad you appreciate it, both of you. Yes. On another note, before we get to stuff we bought on Amazon this week, what would both of you think about either the USFL or the XFL becoming an NFL development league? I, I think like that idea. I yeah. I will say I think a development league, obviously, if you were to look at it in some way like, you know, what what baseball has, what the NBA has with, you know, minor leagues and summer league, respectively, 
I just I've seen so many leagues come and go like the you know the World Football League and and others that just don't pan out because football has a limited number of games. It's an expensive sport. Uh, and you know how, how are you going to draw fans to a development league? So I wish it would work. I think it would be beneficial for the league, but financially, I just have never seen a business model that has ever succeeded. I would love to see some sort of like minor league system um, or G League system, like like the um, <clears throat> baseball and the and 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 the NBA have. But I think Tim, you're right. It it's it is financially prohibitive. I think the was an NFL Europe trying to be something yeah. like that maybe yeah. 20, 25 years ago. Yeah. And it looked like it was somewhat fun to watch. It was in a different country. It was, you know, based in Europe. So, but, you know, I do think it, it, it is expensive. So I think if they'd have to probably look at the, just kind of the way they do it, it'd have to be probably somewhere near a lot of these cities where they are today, like in San Francisco, in the Bay Area here, probably have to be like in, somewhere in the Bay Area, like San Jose or Oakland or something like that. Mm-hmm. It'd have to be really close so like, you know, like players can can travel kind of back and forth. But yeah, I would love to see something like that because you want to see players like Trey Lance kind of get more reps, you know, and in your own system and he can mm-hmm. kind of practice with your own players. And yeah, I would love to see something like that. Yeah, I, I actually would too. I think what they could do uh, they is really just have it start maybe – two or three weeks after the Super Bowl, have it be a short A-game season, have it in smaller cities. So, for example, like San Francisco's affiliate could be Sacramento. And you could have like a Denver affiliate in Cheyenne, Wyoming. You know, so that there's these small markets, small stadiums. But you know that, okay, those are the Denver Broncos players or Niners players who we can go and watch rather than just the preseason, get some on film. I actually get some coaches who have head coaching aspirations onto the field as well. And maybe, you know, shortens the, the desert that we have to cross yeah. every year. Um, maybe, because we know that's like a, the 49ers I'll, affiliate. I'll, I'll throw out an idea that we saw it during the pandemic where, you know, all of the you know basketball games, they had one location or just a mm-hmm. location in which they had several facilities that they could use. If you had something like that, that might work uh, from a cost standpoint. Uh, you know, I, I'm thinking somewhere in, in, you know, in Orlando where they have the ESPN center and they have something along the lines of football fields, basketball, something, something on that, or just somewhere in the state of Texas where they have 14 football fields, have everything there. Uh, that mm-hmm. would cut down on your costs. That would cut down on obviously travel and everything is in one location. Maybe that could work. Take maybe leverage something out of the pandemic, the models that you had to employ in the pandemic. Yeah. That's not a bad idea. All right. Well, let's wrap it up with stuff we bought on Amazon this week. So now that we're back in school, Brian, anything on the old (laughs) Amazon frontier? I bought, do you guys know what CR, what the CR2032 means to you? Does that sound familiar to you? droid? (laughs) CR2032. Not a clue. They are those disc disc style batteries that go in like like air tags or just little oh. things around the house. So like there's small disc batteries. My air tag is dying, so I had to buy kind of a few of those cheaper on Amazon. 
and I also did hit up the FSA store just to get a few things like uh, uh, as you talked about before I run a lot so I had to buy some more glucosamine I don't know if you guys are familiar with that but it's like a, like a, a medication for your not a medication but it's kind of like a supplement for your joints so I take that so and a few other things from we, the FSA store we know more and more about you with each podcast Brian <laughs> <There you> <laughs> And Tim, what dark secrets do you have to reveal through your Amazon purchases? Uh, this, this is this is this is going to be pretty revealing. I bought Q-tips, olive oil, and a hairbrush. You bought olive oil on Amazon? Oh man, you're the only one who knows I your, buy your, food. Your 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 point being, is it special <laughs> olive oil? Is it like? It, yeah, it's the special kind that I don't have to get in the car and drive down to Trader Joe's or, you know, another supermarket. That's how special it is. So it's not made by, like, virgin nuns in Albania or something like that? <laughs> it came from the absolute most organic place on Earth, the or or Amazon Fulfillment Center up in Baltimore. You don't get much more fresh than that. Oh, John, one other thing yeah. I did get. You didn't uh, use that on your hair with your hairbrush, did you? I did, have you seen how slicked back my hair is? It looks great. <laughs> Matt Riley, eat your heart out. Uh huh. Brian, I'm trying out. I've, I've been using this food service called Every Plate, so I get it every now and then. So they're like an offshoot off of what is that other? Um, HelloFresh. HelloFresh. So I use them from now and then. So something I recommend. Um, I made right. I made that for dinner last night. So yeah, give it a shot. Great. We'll be we'll be right over for the leftovers. There you go. Mr. John, now you you want to wrap us up with Amazon purchases. Well, this week I had to pat myself on the back because I fixed the toilet. And because I fixed the toilet, the other toilet broke. So I had to go get another (laughs) Fluid Master Performance Max toilet assembly. (laughs) So I got that going for me. The fulfillment center is like, what is this guy eating? Yeah. (laughs) Um,. And then we got a Avery one and a half inch Economy View three ring binder because it's school supply time and we have to get stuff for that. But do they still have trapper keepers? Is that still a thing? Yeah, I've seen that. I've seen them. That was like like the best looking Abbott with the worst idea ever because I would stuff everything into a trapper keeper and it would just be this like like dictionary sized binder by the end of like week one. Uh, and that'll be the subject of our next podcast. John's <laughs> recollections of overstuffed binders and how he has managed to have PSDD based on that uh, to this day. Yes. I'm sure Jake Moody has a right Jake Moody has a right quad injury. Okay, we got to wrap this up because we're. So that's kicking. (laughs) We really need to wrap this up because we covered olive oil, Trey Lance, overstuffed binders, and uh, Brian's joints. So I don't think we can go much further than this. On that note, everyone, (laughs) thank you for turning in to Niners Talk. As always, I'm John, joined by my brother Tim and my brother from another mother, Brian. We wish you well. Next week, we're going to be talking Pittsburgh. Regular season. And we're talking regular season. Now it counts. Thanks again. If you don't mind, leave a subscribe, leave a review, subscribe, give us a like, and we'll hear talk to you next week. Go Niners. Thanks for listening to Niners Talk. Stay faithful.